0: Welcome to the Sports Betting Preview Podcast from Pregame.com. Pregame.com.
1: Broadcasting straight from the Las Vegas Strip.
0: Vegas, baby.
1: With your host, R.J. Bell. I saw him on ESPN.
0: Can I call Marco Daddy?
1: VR seems wild.
2: Welcome to the Sports Betting Podcast from Pregame.com for November 12, 2009. I'm your host, RJ Bell. I'm joined by Marco D'Angelo, 30 years in the business, Vegas runner, genuine professional batter here in Vegas. This is segment one of six, big game preview, college football, South Carolina, Florida. You know, it's funny, Marco, when I do that... uh, Thirty years in the business. My best buddy back in Kansas has been watching these videos, and he says he looks at it as me cracking on your age every time. <laughs> I'm just trying to establish you experience. as an experience. The experience. Yeah, that's how I took There's it. There's too. two ways to look at it. Uh, well, we'll see. <laughs> All right, Vegas Schreiner, As always, give us the line report on this game. All right. Florida
0: opened up as a 15-point road favorite with a total of 42. As of this morning, Florida is fifteen and a half with a total of forty-three. So, a very small amount
2: of money coming in on the favorite. Okay, so one of the things we always talk about is how do we decipher the line moves? And what we believe is, is if they bet against the public team, it's very likely legitimate that they have a real interest. And the side they're betting and if they bet on the public team maybe not it could be real interest or it could be trying to get ahead of a move they see happening with the public later and then they buy back right so i don't know if we can take this half point move as serious or is it getting ahead of the potential late steam on florida is that how you see it? Uh, yeah,
0: but I think because of where the number is in South Carolina being five and zero at home and a six and four team, books are going to get pretty balanced action on this game. So I don't see this line getting to like seventeen. I don't think they're going to be able to create a middle. So maybe on this game. Yeah. all right,
2: all right. So Marco, from the handicapping perspective, what is the one factor that really jumps out at
1: you here? South Carolina offense has had trouble scoring this year. You know, Steve Spurrier, you always think of offense when you think of Spurrier. This South Carolina team is not. They've had 16 or less points in four straight games now. In the, 98th in the country in scoring. That's that's the big problem here for this game for me. Looking at South Carolina, can they score enough points to you know to hang with Florida? And with
2: the bad offense, your backdoor possibilities. Whenever you're getting a lot of points from a potent offense, you can have too late scores even at the end of the game. Exactly. And if you have, you, you remember Miami uh, at different times this year in the NFL when Miami's been behind. And they have to throw. It's just like, oh my God, the, yeah, it's trouble. That, it's trouble, and you never see. You rarely see a backdoor cover with a team like Miami, though they usually play very tough, so they're good underdogs. So That's kind of the catch-22. All right, so. What do you see, handicapping-wise, as the primary factor in this game? Okay, straight off the bat, my leans to Florida. Uh, That's the only side I could
0: see back in in this game. Uh, One reason, one reason only. When I look back at the last two times they played, Florida was able to do whatever they wanted to this team. Last two against South Carolina. Yeah, they they had over 500 total yards. They rushed the ball over 40 times. Um, So they were able to do whatever they wanted and they blew this team away. You look at the stats this year. Florida is 8th in rushing in the NCAA. And South Carolina, although they're considered a good defensive team, they're 64th against the rush. So they've done nothing to change what happened to them against Florida the last two times they played them. They beat them by 20 and 30. 30 the first time or something. 50 last year. I see nothing done. To change
2: that now. So, when I look at a game, I usually will say, Okay, who's the public team, and are they an extremely public team? And I'm looking the other way. It's very rare I'm gonna bet the Cowboys, it's very rare I'm gonna bet the Steelers, two very public teams in the um, NFL. To me, Florida is amongst the top handful Absolutely. of public teams. So, right away, you got to figure you're paying a half point or a point premium. premium. Sure. So Marco, as you look at this game, is there anything that recommends South Carolina to you?
1: Well, if you want to start with the revenge factor, I mean they were embarrassed last year, fifty-six to six. So definitely circled on their schedule. Rather than looking now, let at let me South- ask you a question. This is interesting
2: because I never thought of it. This is a first-time thought I'm having right now. It's your first thought. Mm, uh, well, you know that's the no. <laughs> Let's just say no to that. Is it seems like there's two ways to look at something. Like Remember back when you were in high school and you would play athletics, whatever it was? If you played someone that you thought you could beat, then if you lost, you were like, I want to get back in there, or play another game of one-on-one or whatever, high school football, or whatever. But if you had someone that beat the heck out of you, all right, and you left, and the next yeah. day you were sore... You probably weren't so quick to, to want, want, get revenge. Back to, to want revenge. They hung 50
0: on them back-to-back years. So, so my question the is, is this Florida
2: team so good that teams that, that one, lose by one, 50 yeah. don't, aren't necessarily... Can't wait at, to get at them again. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's like Rocky Balboa, maybe, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Wanted to get back yeah.
1: into
2: Mr. T. And but after
0: him. a, a beatdown like that, I don't know how fast I'd I need to beat and, up the bully and again. Let's, let's
2: be honest. Let's think about this on a, a big-picture handicapping sense. Is
1: revenge less of a factor if there's total domination right everybody you got to go to everybody's personality me personally the more somebody beats me up or says i can't do something that's when i'm the what most do you think motivated of spurrier? spurrier could he get his team motivated the, he's i mean spurrier is probably the guy that's the embarrassed the most i right. mean florida was his school he's the one that built florida yeah. and you know he's got slapped around uh The one thing, you know, the revenge, it's a motivator, but like you said, is it a final answer? No. You have to have some reasons to back it. There are some reasons here that you can consider South Carolina. The defense, nine of ten games this year, although they are poor against the rush, they have held their opponent to 360 total yards or less. In nine of ten games. 19th in college football in yardage allowed, yeah. That's going to shorten a ball game. And if Florida's running the ball, where that's the one weakness to South Carolina, you shorten the game. If you can, that's got to be, if I'm coaching the game, my game plan is against Florida, I want to shorten the game. You want to limit the possessions that Florida has. 15 and is a lot of points. It's, You know, 15 is a lot of points, but you might want to look also the way South Carolina has trouble scoring themselves. Maybe the total is the way to go here and look at the under.
2: Hmm. Now, one of the things I've been thinking about even more this year is profiling teams, as in, you know, Belichick, and I I read a good bit about Belichick, and we're talking a lot of NFL here, is he likes to put the other team in a situation they're not comfortable. He wants a passing team to be running, a running Hmm. team to be throwing, And to me, I think that that applies with teams in general, and we're going to be previewing the high state game, and I think it's applicable there, is this Florida team is in a comfortable situation for them, which is a road favorite. They are, um, and they're actually 11-1. and Go ahead, Vr. I got the same thing on the road, yeah. 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 So this is a road team that they play well on the road, and they're not afraid to run up a score. So... To me, and I'll just do a little tease on a high state, high state is not inclined to run up scores unless they really can dominate a team, and they're laying a big number. So to me, this is a great contrast between a Florida team that loves to play on the road. That's, you're always afraid of road favorites. This Florida team, maybe you shouldn't be afraid of a road favorite because they play so well on the mm, road yeah. and they're not afraid to run it up and conversely we'll be talking to high state maybe not being in that category so that makes me not necessarily want to play South Carolina which brings up a good point is if you or you or I gave an opinion on every game a strong opinion then we'd be foolish because the only sure. time you have an opinion on a game is when the lines maker is wrong mm-hmm. the, And so really let's say three points is what's required for the lines maker to be wrong in football. That means the line should either be 12 and a half, and if so, we like Florida, or it should be eighteen and a half, and yeah. and if so, we, if, oh, excuse me, if it's, if it's twelve and a half, and a yeah, thank you. If it's 12 and a half, like we'd Carolina. like South Carolina. If it should be 18 and a half, we lay Florida. We lay Florida. I'm not sure in this case if it's if either of those would be cracked, which means, yeah, there are some factors to consider, and maybe you out there in, in uh, TV land are maybe saying, well, yeah, because of what Marco said, in addition to something else I believe, that now makes it where it should be, 18-and-a-half. Yeah. And if so, great. But I don't see any of us here thinking the line's that far off. No,
0: and the line over the summer, the future line on this game, was 16. So it's close. Yeah. I, I mean, it's not far off from where it should be. There's not going to be much value on this
2: game. All right. Good stuff, good conversation. All right. Next up is going to be segment two, and we're going to be previewing another big college game, a high State-Iowa. And remember, you can watch all of our videos at pregame.tv, or you can download and listen, listen at i This is segment two of six this week, big game preview, college football, Ohio State, Iowa. First up, VR, as usual, give us the line report on this game. Okay, this one opened up at Ohio
0: State as a 13-and-a-half home favorite with a total of 35-and-a-half. As of today, you could find the number anywhere from 16 and a half to 17, and the
2: total's 36. So, a lot of money coming in on Ohio State. Okay, so we talk about this is when money comes in on a public team, it could be a legitimate position or it could be trying to get ahead of a big move and then buying it back. So, here we really don't know which one it is, correct? Okay, and just to be clear, is the Iowa quarterback status was known when this number opened. Right? Yeah, when this
0: line came out at thirteen and a half, it's just the wise guys thought they didn't adjust enough and obviously they right. got down. So
2: what's important is not to say, oh, that line moved because, because the of quarter- the quarterback. No. They knew about it at the open and know about it now. Absolutely. Okay, so Marco, when you look
1: at this game as a handicapper, what is the one factor that jumps out at you? To me, I don't know if Iowa can even score a point in this game. Based on the way they played last week, once Stanzi left the game, they were horrible. And Ohio State has one of the best uh, defenses in the country. Seven of ten games this year, they've held their opponents to 14 or less.
2: All right. So it could just be a, I mean, we could be looking like at a 21-3 kind of game. You could definitely. All right, all right. Now with the total, now give me the total one more time. It here.
0: opened at 35 and a half, and, and it's up to 36.
2: All right, so really, if you do the mathematics, is what they're saying is it's a 27-10 game. Yeah. Is what they're pretty much what they're projecting here. OK, so as you look at this game, what's the one factor
0: that jumps uh, out? Uh, like Marco said, uh, definitely uh, about the defense and can Iowa score. Uh, the problem is they can't rush the ball. All year they've done it through the air. Now all of a sudden you lost your starting QB who had 2,200 yards
2: and 15 touchdowns. So I don't think James Vandenberg oh, being a, a freshman good, you, is capable. Let me jump in. You make a good point. Is all second-string quarterbacks are not created equal? Correct. First question is how important is that to if this the Browns? Team. Yeah, if the Browns lose their quarterback, the next guy might be just as good, Quinn or Anderson. Here, it sounds like you guys both believe that the drop-off is significant.
0: Yeah, extremely, and that's what we saw the line move. It looks like the the sharp money believes that the oddsmakers didn't adjust enough because this Vandenberg no, they don't have confidence in him at all. It's up to 16 and a half, 17. Well, when he
1: came in last week in relief they only completed 9 of 27 passes once he came into the game last week. Yeah, he, his career no he's, yards.
0: 11 of 30 with one interception so
1: now I'm not sure and and you
2: guys make a good point usually I don't like to do what the public does I, no. I, sometimes I'll close my eyes and think is if I'm down at the you know Bellagio or the old Stardust we used to uh, stomp around yeah, you probably spent a lot of time back in the handicappers corner there. all the there. time
0: the library back The library the handicapper's yeah that's, that's library. all gone
2: now but the um, I try to think what what is the average twenty thirty dollar better gonna do? How is he gonna react? And my think is oh, I was quarterbacks out. I want to play high state. So right there, I'm not inclined to look to high state. But I I I think there can be a point. Sometimes a quarterback is super valuable. So my question is this: We've got a very well coached team. Can we agree with that with Iowa? Absolutely. Yes. All right. And we also have a team that, if we profile them, they play close games. Even when they were winning, they were sure. close games. They are 10-1 on the road, ATS. So 10 of the last 11 they covered on the road. So here's a team that can play on the road, that's well-coached, that plays close games, and who's getting you know, 16, 17 points now. Is, isn't this what the, a big dog's supposed to look like? If they had a great offense then they wouldn't be getting over two touchdowns. So the question is, you're usually not getting great teams getting that many yeah points. Exactly. So the question is, how as a handicapper do you split up and say, here's a situation I want to lay them and here's when I want to take them? Because you know the one team is better. The, the big negative for Iowa, and usually I would look to back Iowa in this spot,
0: like you said, getting all these points, the team... Is undefeated on the road this year as well. You said they're ten and one ATS the last eleven games, so they're going to stay uh, tight. Ten and
2: one on the road,
0: yeah. So they keep a game close, getting seventeen. Uh, the problem is they
2: suffered their first
0: loss last year. Yeah, I
2: disagree with that. And when now, you let, let me knock jump out in. A
0: BCS.
2: Uh, see, see, I was ready for this one, Mark. This is one of Marcos' pet um, uh, theories angles, which is. Whenever a team loses its expectation or it's disappointed by what its goal was, might be the better way to say it, the next game's troublesome because they know they're not gonna reach their goal. I don't think anyone in the right mind thought I was I, goal right, right. was the BCS. No. Before the season it was the Big Ten championship. Right now, Iowa still controls their own destiny. So does Ohio State. If Iowa wins out there in the Rose Bowl, if Ohio State wins out there in the Rose Bowl, so I think in general, the whole letdown factor will not be the case with this Iowa team. Marco, you be, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, no. And I understand what you're saying. They didn't come into the season saying, we're going to go undefeated, we're going to run the table. And even, even, up until last week. I, I don't think they expected to lose the game last week, but I don't think they expected to win these games. I think the Rose Bowl would be a great season yeah, for them. Yeah, yeah. And it's hard to imagine they're not going to give their full effort here. Marco, you're the expert on, no on this. you ju- want to reinduce me again here? <laughs> I've been
1: like, out of this podcast. You've got to speak up. you uh, have got a lot of good ideas here. I know. Just kidding. I agree with you in that. The one thing, I want to jump back to one thing you said earlier about looking for the dog and the the injury you know the value the one key that you look for in a team like that Iowa does possess and that is you need to have a good defense that can step up and pick up the slack for your offense. And in, in Iowa's defense has played good ball all year. I mean, they went into Penn State also earlier this year and handcuffed uh, Penn State just like Ohio State did last week. So you have that element. Uh, you do have still the, the run for the uh, Rose Bowl, so their expectations can't be totally gone. But this team has to be a little bit disheartened that not only do you... Oh, disheartened. Okay. <laughs> <There we go. laughs> right that went out. Really. I don't know how. <laughs> <laughs> to lose their first game and lose their leader in the
2: same game. And that's an interesting point. That injury. Now, I saw today, and again, we're taping Wednesday. Is I saw today is uh, he might be back for the bowl games. Is what they're saying. But again, they have lost their leader, and that could be a source of disappointment. That's a very good point.
0: Speaking to the sports books um, as of right now. They have been getting balanced action since the line's gotten to 16, 17. It's not totally one-sided, Ohio State. They are getting
1: enough Iowa right now because it is a lot of points for a Big Ten team to begin. Uh, uh, if you remember, a couple years ago, Oregon was in the same exact situation. They were undefeated, rolling along. They had that quarterback, Dixon, that was mean. He, he was a Heisman candidate. All right, all right. And they, you know, they lost him in and, and Arizona. In their, se- their, their, their right. season unraveled. On them, you know, it's a situation. It's tough. You, you All know. right.
2: So let me jump in here. A couple stats. Uh, we were talking about the total. Twenty last 27 games for Iowa, they've gone under 22 times. That's strong. All right, so this is a team 22-5 and five towards the under that, that in general, now again, we got a low number here, so it might be where finally the lines makers have caught
1: up to this tendency towards the under. One consideration on that, because I was looking at the under myself, but one alarming stat that I have with Iowa is they've had 10 turnovers in their last two games. You get a couple turnovers and, and make that into a quick score for Ohio State, with this low of a number, you're going to be sitting a little bit worried. That's a good it, point.
2: Uh, we're down to the last minute, so I'll just knock out these numbers real quick. Seven straight against the spread for High State against winning teams. High State has a tendency to be, people believe them to not do well against winning teams. Well, maybe they haven't done well against those top five teams, but they've done well in general against winning teams seven straight. Another thing, Scouts Inc. does positional matchups. It's only 5-4 High State. So, you got a, a two touchdown Extremely or more close. dog that, other than that quarterback position, they're saying is a Very pretty close, even game. Sure. That's kind of interesting. And, all right, I think that's good. All right, so good stuff. Next up, we're going to be pre- previewing another college football game. For free, real time odds, lines, and scores, visit pregamelines.com. And that's what we're going to be talking about here. Big game preview, segment three of six. Pitt Panthers against Notre Dame. First up, line report. All right, the line opened up Pitt
0: as a a 6.5-point home favorite with a total of 56. As of today, Pitt is anywhere from 6.5 to 7 with the total of 57.5. They will get to 7 pretty much everywhere by Saturday. The public money is coming in on Pittsburgh as expected.
2: Okay, so you make an interesting point is talking about the way you expect the line to move. And that's something that is really under-discussed by sports batters. Is if you have an idea of which way the line is going to move, it can make you inclined to bet earlier, late in the week. And it, you know, it's just common sense. If you're playing the favorite, you think the line is going to go up, you play earlier. Um, now, that's an example of a real limitation if you only play with a local book because you can usually only bet on game day. So if you're actually looking to play offshore, you should check out pregameaction.com, and there's all kind of good deals there and everything. So one of the things you do, VR, is you try to predict which way the line's going to move. And last week you started a new blog. Mm-hmm. It's Line Predictions, yep. and you pick 15 games. Yeah, last week I saw 15 games that I thought I could accurately predict. Which you way know, the line which was going to go. One of them st- stayed flat, didn't move. So of the 14 games that moved, how many times were you right? 13.
0: 13. And, and that, that's not the norm. Like The goal here is to hit 6 out of 10 because if you could get the best number... On six of ten bets, you've increased your winning
2: percentage on that alone. That's a so, great point. Six of ten is a goal, but again, for the first week, yeah, not, bad, 14, not bad, not bad. And That's... people don't do it enough because they think
0: it's your guessing or there's not a sign. Well, they involved. probably are guessing. Yeah, and there is it, but what I'm saying is your connection. Absolutely, and it's very important. And I think being able
2: to accurately assess what the, the marketplace is going to do is, is a huge part of my success. So you can just go to pregame.com and click on blog. And every Thursday, the line predictions are going to be put out by Vegas runner. All right, Mr. Pittsburgh. Now, again, you look at these Pittsburgh games, both in pro and college, from a lot of different angles. So give us an angle or two that
1: you're really considering. Well, I'm going to give you the two biggest factors in the game when you start to break this game down. And as you said, I am Mr. Pittsburgh. Uh, We've got great success with uh, games involving Pittsburgh going with and against 43-19 43 and 19 in 2009. That's all sports. And we did have the Steelers on Monday. This is going to be a big play for me this weekend, but I'm going to give you the two points that you got to decide what's the key. And if you get this answer, you've got the winner in this game. Are you getting bored? A little bit. I, give gotta, us some I po- got a free g- play. Give I, I got us, a free g- play. Got us, a free g- play so you got an official
2: play. Yeah, oh, give get get us the points. to get excited
1: real soon. Notre Dame has not faced an uh, offense as balanced as Pitts yeah. all year. Pitt has not faced a quarterback the caliber of Clawson all year. Those are the two factors in this game. That's the two strong suits. That's going to determine the game. Who wins that question? All right, so you've got an official free pick. So what we do is we give out
2: what we, we usually preview six games and we each give out one pick on one of the three or the six games. So this is an official pick. yes it is Hit And
0: the last two weeks the the free play here has been on my client card and I think this one will as well. Um, I like pit here. I, I like I'm gonna wait excuse me Notre Dame, Notre Dame. I'm gonna wait and, and take Notre Dame plus the seven points. Um, I don't think we'll even need the seven. This game will be a lot closer. The biggest factor to me in this game, RJ, is value. We're getting so much value on Notre Dame based on their loss to Navy last week, which the final score is not indicative of how the game went. Three turnovers by Notre Dame was the big reason for that. Um, and more importantly, looking at what the line was for this game back in August, back in July, Notre Dame would have been a one-point favorite in this game. Now all of a sudden they're a seven-point dog. I think this line should be around three of field goal tops, and I'm going to grab
2: the points with Notre Dame. All right, now, I'm always surprised to hear Notre Dame and value. Value, yeah, in because the same that's, sentence. That's, they're always an example, Notre Dame, of a team that we say, oh, there's a premium. You've yeah. got those Notre Dame lovers. So, now, what makes me like your pick a little bit is the fact that in the last four meetings with these teams, the underdog has covered all four. So for whatever reason, the road nice game. the road dog, and I think the road team was the dog in all four of those games, is has been uh, covering. This number seems high to me. Now, again,
1: we were talking at lunch. You, you think the number seems low to you, Marco? Well, when you're looking at the situation with rankings, Pitt is a ranked team. They're, you know, a top-ten team. And they're laying, they came out under a touchdown. The line opened at six and a half, playing an unranked team. Generally, that's a good spot to look at the dog the way I look at games because to me, Vegas is trying to get you to lean in. So, to you, one, side. one
2: of your specialties is you look and try to figure out what Vegas is trying to nudge you towards, and you go the other way. So, you see them nudging towards taking. Well, then it would be Pitt right now. You're saying the line seems short, and it looks like
1: Vegas wants you to play Pitt. They want you to play Pitt. Now, the only thing that I'll say with that is when one of the two teams is one of those so-called so-called marquee teams that always has built-in value, it you know slants so the built-in following, built-in following, build, yeah.
2: right? So it's the opposite of it's value. the op- you know.
0: The reason though that the line's only seven, Marco six and a half, seven is because the public believes Notre uh, Pitt's a good team, but the odds maker doesn't. The AP in USA Today has pit 8th and ninth in the country. Oddsmaker poll has pitted 21. That's why this team's 5-1 ATS their last 6, because the oddsmaker doesn't respect them. They've been a favorite, but they've been covering as a favorite. Flip side, look at Notre Dame. The reason I think there's value, even though they're a marquee team, is because they're 2-7 against the spread this year. No one's making money
2: back in this team. And we talk about that every week. Is A number like 2-7 in season. If we give a stat and we say, oh, over the last 10 years Jim Treschel teams are this or that. Right. That is no one remembers what they bet four years ago. Right. But when you have an in-season trend, one in seven the last eight games, so the last two months is is <laughs> the bat Every week you have less people that want to back this team because how many times I'm a pretty disciplined batter. But when you I can't lose, beat my, me eight, times. yeah. When I lose my third <laughs> or fourth game with the team, yeah, I've been yeah. on the Giants. You know, for a while. I'm off the giants for a little while. They gotta show me something. That's right. And And so (laughs) when it's an in season trend that is, is a streak that isn't about saying, oh, if they're an underdog, if they're a favorite, but if it's just plain, how has this team done ATS most recently? That's not only a piece of paper, that's money. money. That's another kind of paper that people are going to be affected by. So you're saying maybe the reason there's value on Notre Dame is the fact that with their ATS record, that people just are so disinclined not, to have bad them. Exactly. Speaking of this being your official free pick, how have you been running on it? You've been uh, doing well. Yeah, I, I, the first time I've come out of the Big 12, I think in like five weeks Um, uh, I'm 7-1 I believe on free picks Six straight winners Awesome, so this is uh, another one Okay, now you've got you had a really hot. We try not to tout too much here. You went seven and zero on Saturday. Saturday in college football. Yes, 7 sir. Seven zero. Yes, sir. And you're hot in the NBA. Yes, sir. And you've identified. Tell uh, us about it. Yeah, for Yeah, I'm, I'm
0: dropping a bomb on uh, a game of the year on Saturday. So your one and only game of the year. That's it. In and football. the truth is, I'm only doing it because I want, I'm straight with my guys and want them to know when I make a big play. I lost my last game of the year on the World Series on the Phillies. I won the baseball season game of the year, but lost the World Series. So if anything, I was going to sell this week. After going 7-0 oh. I'm not putting out a game of the year To sell it uh, I'm putting out a game of the year Because I found a game That I'm going to bet
2: big on it, And they have a right to know it And that's what we try to do At Pre-Game Pros Is make the releases Correspond with what the batters do Exactly Alright, now Marco, you got 30 seconds we got a $10 coupon If anyone wants this game
1: of the year It's his game of the year this weekend So we're going to make the coupon VR for Vegas Runner Game of the Year, G-O-Y, just put in the letters, V-R-G-O-Y, and the number 10, you get 10 bucks off anything at Game Pros, and I know what I'd be spending that 10 bucks on right there. All right,
2: and you're going to have a pick in this Pittsburgh game. I'm
1: going to have a big pick in this game. All right, and we also have other
2: hot cappers, so just go to PregamePros.com. Okay, good stuff. Next up is going to be Segment 4-6. We move to the NFL, Dallas Cowboys, Green Bay Packers, picked and previewed. This is our fourth segment of six. We're in the NFL now. Big game preview. Dallas Cowboys, Green Bay Packers. Give us the line report, Vegas Runner. All right. This
0: one opened up pick'em and and 48-and-a-half. As of this morning, Dallas is now a three-point road favorite with a total of 47-and-a-half. But Dallas is minus three, plus 105. So you got to lay 125 to get three points with Green Bay, the home dog. I think this line is going to go to 3-110 either way by kickoff
2: because public money is expected to come in on Dallas. Okay, so big move towards Huge Dallas. Move, yeah. Now you make a good point though, public money is expected on Dallas in general, so this could be a legitimate move where the wise guys are taking a position, or it could be a situation where they were figuring to pick them, we can get ahead of the move and they're already able to buy back exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Alright, so we're not sure if this is a pure, true move or not. Especially with the teams involved. Okay, so we give an official free pick, each of us, on one game of the six that we preview. This is your official free
1: pick, Marco. How have you been running on these free picks? Eight and three the last uh, 11, and we lost uh, last week in the last minute of the game with the Giants. And but like was Bill tough.
2: Parcell says, your record is what your record it is. It is what it is, but that was a tough <laughs> it, loss. That yeah. changed money, hands, a
0: lot of hands, money changed hands in that last minute.
1: All right, so give us your pick. All right, well, we're going to start this game. The thing that jumps out is Dallas is an overvalued commodity right now. The stock could not be any higher on the Dallas Cowboys. They are a public team to start with. And after going into Philadelphia last week, winning on Sunday Night Football, the world's back on the Dallas Cowboys. We're not going there. We're going with the Green Bay Packers. Last week, Green Bay laid an absolute egg in Tampa Bay, but that was to be expected the way I look at games. They were coming off the Minnesota game the week before. That's all that they talked about, You know, all the hype with Favre and Rodgers. They lost that game, and that game virtually sewed up. They're done in the division. Because they lost to Minnesota twice, Minnesota's so far ahead in that division. There's too many good teams in the NFC that wild card possibilities really not there for Green Bay unless they run the table. It was a you know it was a loss that had a carryover effect for them last week. Now did you did you have Tampa Bay? I did not have Tampa Bay and I, I kicked myself for not doing it, but I had Tampa Bay. You're a good guy. Yeah, just in the forums, just to let you guys know.
2: That was a great play. Yeah, I thought so. We have a system, it's Sharps versus the public. And what happens is we actually find out the games, or we identify the games in which the public is betting one way. But the line is moving the other, which is a sign that there's big money coming in against the public. And that was the case, actually, where the line actually... The majority of the people were betting Green Bay, but the line was oh, coming Oh, yeah, down. yeah.
0: The only people on the Tampa side was the wise guys and you. Because <laughs> all the public was on... I mean, they, and all Green the people, Bay... All the teasers were pending on Green Bay. Parlay's pending on Green Bay. Green Bay was a big game for the,
2: the books. So you can check that out each Saturday and Sunday... Go to
1: pregame.com and click the forums. All right, keep it up. The thing with Green Bay this week, they get to play spoiler. They're at home, and now they're totally disrespected. They opened up a pick'em. Oh, hold underdog. on a second, spoiler. They're still in the wild card race, right? If, Do you think this, because if
2: this team has given, a, if they're not in the wild card race, then it would seem then the week after the big disappointment is when we'd want to stay away
1: from them. So, so let me ask you the question. Does Green Bay believe they can make the playoffs? Yes. As a professional team at 4-4, four and four, you're 500. Yes. If they slip below 500 this late into the season, then, then so it's, they're done. it's it almost feels like a must-win game. It's a must-win game for Green Bay, absolutely. And they're catching Dallas at the best time they could catch them because that was a huge revenge game last week for the Cowboys. They went into Philly. That's the team that cost them going to the playoffs last year on the final week of the season. They got their redemption, and now everybody's back on the bandwagon. The only alarming stat that I can give you that's a big negative for Green Bay is they've got to keep Rodgers upright. He gets sacked more than anybody else in the NFL, and Dallas does have 15 sacks in her last four games. They can keep him upright. They beat this Dallas team on Sunday. I think they do it. This is my free pick. I got Dallas winning by seven to ten points on Sunday. Okay, so a couple quick thoughts. I mean, Green Bay winning by okay, seven so to ten points. Sorry. All right, clear that
0: up. Green Bay on the money line.
1: <laughs> Green Bay on. The, yeah. You well, we're gonna
2: grade this a
0: plus three. A plus three, three right. right? But I'm saying you like Green Bay was. All right. So
2: a couple quick thoughts is one. I love when someone's batting against Dallas. Because the reality is, they are such a public team. the best team. Of the
0: number usually.
2: I agree 100% with the concept that this is the week where everyone seems to be back with Dallas. Even the naysayers of Dallas are like, maybe they are good. And I'm not so sure because I've never been crazy about this Philly team this year. If they're fully there yet or not. So this, you are buying Green Bay at, or you are going against Dallas when Dallas is at a premium, yeah. which is really I love that. Here's what bothers me about it. And again, that's the difference of being able to discern this is what makes a great handicapper. Green Bay has a fundamental problem: in their offensive line. It's not they miss some field goals. It's not the key is how do you find a team that looks bad but really are not bad because of turnovers, because of injuries, but now the player is back. And there's all these different ways that a team can look worse than they are. I'm wondering if Green Bay has looked worse than they are, or are they just that bad, bad because right. of that fundamental problem on the offensive line? What's your thought? Yeah, I agree because I'm
0: thrown off too because the Green Bay strength is defense, but the last two games they gave up 30.8 points back-to-back weeks. So I think all that defensive statistics... How, how many points again?
2: 38 last week, 38 the week before. 38 in two straight weeks, all right. Yeah,
0: so uh, I think all them great statistics defensively were built up early in the season and I haven't seen nothing from them late. What worries me about Dow- uh, Green Bay, the mar- your side, Marco, Eileen. now that it's three, I I like Green Bay. Pick them. I think you missed the boat with Dallas. Now, if you had, if you like Dallas, you had to get them in a pick. There's no value at minus three right
2: now. So, real quick, is one of the things that we talked about it earlier is you're doing a line prediction blog every Thursday, and you actually hit 13 or 14, you yes said which way the line going to move. And this would have any definitely
0: been, uh, I would have said Dallas line is going up.
2: Ah, well, sure. but no one's, <laughs> most people aren't betting money too. Right, anyway. exactly. From from Wednesday when we're taping on, do you have a prediction? Because again, clearly at three now, any move is significant. If it goes to two and a half, back to two and a half, or if it goes up to three and a half, it's significant. Do you see any move? No, this is going to stay, this is going to go three minus one ten. Oh, you mentioned either that. Side. Okay. Yeah. And the thing is, Dallas did
0: whatever they wanted to this Green Bay team, Marco, back to back years. The first, last year, they rushed 35 times for 200 plus yards. The year before, they threw for 300 yards, four touchdown passes. So they've beaten this team through the air and through the ground. And like you said, they've sacked them seven, t- eight, eight times, them two games combined. I don't think Green Bay has
2: answers. I'm afraid to take the three, to be honest with you. Couple stats. Dallas, we know how bad they are at the end of the year, but in November, they've won 12 of the last 14 ATS. So they're covering in November. Um, Green Bay is 2 and 5 ATS at home. Now, that's not a huge sample, but when you remember back in the day with Green Bay at home, you know, 2 out of 7 isn't so great. And... Yeah, yeah. So Lambo all right, so mistake. Marco, you got one minute, anything out and again I think great conversation. Any other thoughts that really are what pushed
1: you on the Green Bay side? Again, I'm I'm looking at value here. Mm-hmm. Look it back is. just two weeks ago. On a neutral field, what do you make Minnesota and Dallas?
2: Two weeks ago Minnesota, Dallas, I'm probably making Minnesota three. The
0: future line on this game was Green Bay minus one and a half. Green Bay was expected to be favored over Dallas in July. When
2: well, they, they were pick. almost. I mean, it
0: opened to pick them exactly. All right, so yeah, but Green, you
1: make Green Bay was just two weeks ago a three and a half point favorite uh-huh. over Minnesota. Now they're a three point dog, dog. to Dallas mm-hmm. in two weeks. Come on, no, that's the not a six on and a half point right point difference. Anyway,
2: you caught that's it. That's a good point. And how much? And, and you're right. You have a Dallas team trending up, a Green Bay team trending down. down. You certainly are getting value. The question is, is there a fundamental problem with Green Bay? You don't think so?
1: Not six okay. and a half points.
2: All right, good stuff. Next up is going to be segment five of six. We preview a big NFL game, Patriots and the Colts. This is segment five of six, big game preview, NFL, probably the biggest game of the week, New England at Indianapolis. What's the line on this game, Vegas, Ryan? All right.
0: Indianapolis opened as a three-point home favorite with a total of 50, three even money, meaning you had to lay 120 to get three points with New England. As of today, it's the same. Indianapolis is minus three even money at home with a total of 49 and a half. so no movement on the line whatsoever okay
2: so we're they're saying Vegas is saying New England is slightly, slightly better yeah. than Indy because three points is usually the home team and then you're getting a little juice advantage if you take if you lay the three with Indy correct okay Marco from a handicapping
1: perspective what's the biggest factor that jumped out at you in this game Indianapolis has gotten away from a balanced offense. They've, like, the running game is gone. Uh, So many years, you know, Edgar and James was there and that, and they've always had a potent passing attack, but it was complemented with the run. In the last two weeks, they've had 39 rushes, 100 passes. You cannot go in and play a Belichick team. That one, one, and they've been winning these games. So usually you see that disparity
2: when a team's playing from behind. Yeah, well the last two games have been close though. But still, they weren't behind. Right. In a close game, you're supposed to be playing your best ball, right? Right. They had the leads in both, and and they held on. So you to would think you're this. gonna, even if you have a three point lead late in the game, you want to run the clock. Absolutely. This team, you're saying this team cannot run,
1: and so does that make you lean towards New England? To me, uh, I like the fact that they had the two close scares, and I think you're getting value with Indianapolis this week because. All right, let's think about what that means. You're saying that you think this line should be three and a half. I actually thought that the line could be four, and I wouldn't have thought any different in this game. So then you've got to like Indy, because three I, is such a key. Usually it takes a couple of points
2: to match, you, you know, if you think the line should be five and it's seven, okay. But off that key
1: number three, if you think the line should be three and a half and you're able to lay three, it's, 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 a, it's a pick. Absolutely. The one thing that I'm going to say here with New England, and you've heard me talk about this before when I handicap games, sometimes I throw the teaser into my handicapping. If I'm John Q. Public and I'm sitting down looking at this game, Sunday night's going to get a lot of action. How many open teasers do you think are going to go into Sunday night with New England up to 10 on a seven point teaser? That, you know, people are going to love it. Yeah, they're going to look at that. That's one thing that makes me like Indianapolis in the game.
2: I should explain that a little bit, is you're saying that the fact that it looks like Vegas is comfortable with taking people or betters taking New England plus 10 on the T's means they're not afraid of New England plus 10 on the T's. Right. But let's think about this. I would agree, and we talked about this last week, and V.R. will let you jump in here, and you can jump in any time, but we talked about how a line move from 9.5 to Mm 8.5 is so key because the T's down takes you from 3.5 to 2.5. But in that case, the teaser action might be as significant as that move where, where, and I'm not saying this great, so let me repeat it, where that huge change on the teaser side is maybe more important than that small change on the point spread side, because nine and a half and eight and a half doesn't really matter. But when you're on three, a vast majority of the batting's on the side, so to me, even though there will be a lot of teasers, it's still going to be a minority of the action compared to the side. So they would have a much bigger effect if they went to two and a half, because they'd get all indie money in theory, right? So does doesn't that teaser idea work better when the move on the true point spread is not so
1: significant? I would agree with you; would have more of a factor because on this particular game, anytime you have, if you're a smart batter you're never going to tease the favorite at three. Because you're going through zero. You're going yeah. through a dead number. And, and, and
2: that's the key way to say it. And that's a great takeaway lesson, is they call it basic strategy teasing, is you either go up through three and seven, or down through seven and three, and you can actually have more than a, uh, you can have a positive expectation, is what they call it, by doing that kind of tease. That's the perfect kind of tease the worst kind of tease and why don't you explain the concept.
1: Most people think, oh it's a small dog I mean they're a small favorite, I'm gonna make them a dog. I got a favorite that's now a dog. They think that's a great scenario but more often than not when that game ends if the dog covers, they would have covered anyways on a straight line. That the yeah,
2: but, but the key point is, and you can say that about any teaser, is uh, the tease isn't always going to play a role. But the key is you're having to, to go from minus one to plus one. You're having to pay for two points. But like you said, zero is almost a dead number because ties are so rare. So
1: you're almost only getting a five-point teaser instead of, a six. instead of six, but you're paying for all six points. Another way to put it is if you tease through that number zero. It's like playing a roulette wheel at the casino. You're giving the house the free the free nah, That's zero. a good one. All right, VR, you've been patient.
0: Yeah, I'll tell you straight. I'm very confused with this game. Uh, I, I have not taken a side or a total or could find an edge so far. And what throws me off is this number of three. Because when I looked at what they put coming into the season, New England was a one-and-a-half-point favorite on the road. But when you look at the series'
2: history... Yeah, remember now, New England was considered to be the, the favorite, Yeah, exactly. And Indy certainly wasn't going to be expected to
0: be 8-0. Right. That's why I'm a little confused. Now they've totally switched how they're, the perception of both these teams. And Indy, the, yeah, they're 8-0. No, but like Margo said, they've gotten a scare lately. How And now with these injuries, how strong of an 8-0 no team they are. And when I dug deep and looked the last two games, New England might have lost four the last five in this series. But they totally dominated this Indianapolis team, statistical-wise. I mean, all they did last year was they interception and a fumble, changed the game over for them, and they ended up losing by four, a game they totally dominated. And the year before, the same thing. They had held them to almost nothing, 47 yards rushing. So, New England plays very well against Indianapolis. That's why I think this line is three and not above four, four, like Marco was saying.
2: Yeah, I... Well, there's a couple things for me. One is let's look at the system players and the trend players for a minute because this game is, is very clear, I think, for trend players. New England is 37 and 17 on the road. So the, that's ATS. 37 and 17. All right. So that's better than 66%. So this is To check the great coach, gets him ready on the road. Indy, now this is a smaller sample, has only covered four of 14 at home. So. You gotta like that disparity with the line being three. Also, in this series, the underdog has covered 11 of 14. Close game. So games, you have yeah. a close game, an underdog series, an okay home team at this point, at least ATS, and a good row team. I also think that this indie team, it's almost like what you were talking about with Dallas, is everyone loves Peyton Manning. And let's be honest, he's playing amazingly right now. Wow, amazingly well. Wow. And but the fact of the matter is. Is you look at that schedule, and I'm not sure what the impressive win is. Exact, me neither. And
0: what brought me back, I, I found like you said for trend players, and it's a concept that you always bring up in these two and seven. I know, I mean, two and seven. Yeah, it's not a big trend against winning teams, ATS. So when they get punched in the mouth or play a team that
2: that could bully them, they haven't done well against the spread. And I mentioned it's like the Cowboys is. Everyone wants to like Peyton Manning. So you mentioned in the last segment how when Dallas starts looking good, everyone gets excited because they want to like Dallas. I think people want to think Indy's good.
0: And see them... Blowing offense and putting These up bad teams. points. Yeah. I'm just
2: not sure if this isn't just an over-18. Now, there is a counterpoint. I was listening to a podcast, Bill Simmons, and I'm a big fan of his. And he had Mike Lombardi from the National Football Post on and another expert. And he asked both of them, if you had to bet your life on who's going to win it, who w- the whole Super Bowl, who would you pick? They both picked Indy. So as much wow. as I look at that schedule, and I'm not crazy about Indy, the
1: guys that really know—say
0: this is a, a real for real eight, Say no. is a for
1: real team. One thing real seconds. fast: New England's three-game winning streak was against Tennessee, Tampa Bay, and then their best game last week against Miami. That's not exactly impressive either. I'd, I'd got to put more work into this game. This yeah, is exciting game, one. good
2: game. All right, good stuff. Next up is we have segment six of six. Monday Night Football. I'm not even going to mention the teams, though. Monday Night Football. (laughs) For the best deals from trusted sportsbooks, visit pregameaction.com. This is segment six of six, Monday Night Football, and oh, what a game. (laughs) We got the Browns, and we got the Ravens. And I'm not too excited. But... There might be a good betting opportunity here. There is here. betting action on us. In fact, my official free pick this week is on this game. Give us the line. Trust report. me, by Monday, we're all gonna love this game. Uh, <laughs>
0: Baltimore- it's gonna be the best game on Monday, <laughs> yeah, yeah, by far. Um, Baltimore opened up as an eleven-point road favorite, minus eleven and forty and a half as of today. Baltimore is minus ten and a half, and the totals forty. Light money on Cleveland, light money on the under. Not, significant. All right, significant. so not a
2: lot of wise guy action. No. All right, Marco, as a
1: handicapper, when
2: you looked at this game, what jumped out at you? I wanted to
1: puke. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what stood out is that Cleveland might have the worst offense of all time in the NFL. They've scored six points or less in five of eight games this year. Think about that a minute. Six points or less. Well, I mean, you look at the stats and... and uh, in this day where
2: quarterbacks, bad quarterbacks, complete 60% of their passes and two for 17. Dude, uh, they're ranked like 30th or worst in every statistical category. On all right, so, the but I mean, here's the point. it's e- That's easy. Yeah. You know, is Cleveland's defense, but though the key point is, or Cleveland's offense isn't just bad, they're
1: historically bad. Does that make you lean towards Baltimore? the lines makers you know even's the book up with 11 point you know road favorite on monday night football you just don't see monday divisional night dogs.
2: road dogs all right so let's talk about that divisional the reason that and this is handicapping 101 right. stuff is the reason divisional matchups you tend towards the dog is these teams play each other every year they get familiar and even though there is a talent gap being familiar keeps the games close. And this is the second time they're meeting
0: this year, so.
2: So that makes it there. there's even more of a you know knowing of or familiarity right. with both teams and still we're in double digits on the road, which means this would be a 16-17 point um f- favorite at home if Baltimore is home. And really we haven't had a line over 16-17 this year. So this Baltimore team is four and four but we have uh, effectively about one of the biggest lines of the year, so they're certainly making you pay. They're making you pay Absolutely. if you want to bet Baltimore. All right, as a capper, what jumped out of you, Vegas runner?
0: Uh, Baltimore likes to beat up teams like this. They're eight zero no against the spread when they're playing teams with a losing record. Wait, did you take that for my sheet? No, but that's one of the things that you've made me concentrate a lot more on this year. Right. teams that bully each other. I, I didn't add that, put that factor in as heavy as I do now. He actually took it from my sheet. Um, and, and that. <laughs> That stuck out at me. And their their ability to beat Cleveland however they want. In the first game when they played this year, they did it through the air. Last year, they had done it through the ground. They destroyed them. But looking ahead, Baltimore plays Colts, Pittsburgh, and Green Bay. So they got bigger games ahead of them, even yeah. though this is a divisional game. I agree, but I tell you this. this Baltimore- and they beat them 34-3, so they can't be that worried about having to play Cleveland. I tell you this
2: Baltimore team is an ego driven team. Yeah. Is Ray Lewis defines that team and they are like chest thumping players. Yeah, yeah. And the fact of the matter is, is right now they have been beat by the Bengals twice. They're four and four. I mean, they're really probably and I mean let me throw the question out. If you if I had to bet you straight up will the Ravens make the playoffs, what would you bet? right now given the AFC and the records no. Yeah, I say right now no. I don't So I don't you got a team do. that's an un- that well, 4 weeks ago was number 1 in the ESPN Power rankings which are now underdogs to even make the playoffs. I don't think this team that is so ego driven could possibly look past this game. They're looking True. to beat the frustrations out uh, uh, on their opponent. Yeah, that that makes sense. I I think this team's you know, a lot
0: different because what I've seen the difference this year is Flacco's trying to do too much. You know, he's thrown seven interceptions last year, I don't know if he's thrown through that many the whole season. Well, last they year, weren't them let,
2: they, didn't they didn't let, let, let him
0: them. control the game. I like mean,
2: that's that. the point. We made this point again and again, uh, especially as Baltimore was playing Pittsburgh so much, and we were really delving into these games last year. Is this Baltimore team on third and eleven would run drugs. Yeah, exactly. You don't see that in the NFL mm-hmm. anymore. This year, they're not doing that, mm-hmm. and. He's a good quarterback, but man, he isn't the next coming. Like, like they were trying to make exactly. him out to be. Exactly. And this defense has lost a step. And uh, you know, to me, they're an average defense. Yeah,
1: the stats back you up exactly. Whether it'll make a factor or not, two things to consider if you want to try to make a case for Cleveland. They are going back to Brady Quinn. Sometimes whenever you know you start the younger quarterback, which they did to start the year. Well, Derek and they Anderson, take them, two touchdowns, nine interceptions, didn't get it done. Didn't get it done. <laughs> but removing somebody from the the starting lineup and let them see it from the sideline for a couple weeks, when they bring that guy back, sometimes he has a fresh look. Yeah, but man, this thing about the
2: contract, and he can only so many snaps, and he had an escalator bonus. I mean, the, yeah, the, there's yeah. some real turmoil. But this team hasn't won at home yet,
0: either, Cleveland. I mean, so it's Monday night football. Well, you're 0-3 at home. I
2: mean, if you're ever going to get up for a game. I've been talking, and again, my official picks on this, so maybe, Marco, you want to make your quick one. Uh, last the last
1: point? point is Cleveland is coming off a bye, so they've had two weeks to, to put some new wrinkles in that Baltimore may not have seen. Uh, you know, right. anything can help. Right. In general... In the
2: NFL what I like to do is I like to say give me a bad team that isn't as bad as they seem. But you can't just say, give me the bad teams. Because if so, you would just play the biggest three dogs every week. And in theory, you'd win. Maybe you would break even almost. I bet you can win 51-52% that way. But the fact is, you've got to identify and eliminate the bad teams that are bad for a reason. And this Cleveland team, the line hasn't even as bad as people think they are. They've only covered three of their last 13 games. I mean, it, it, even we're getting double hit, I mean, this team is horrible. <laughs> now, I'm going to do a sophisticated free pick here, is I'm going under Cleveland. So you can bet team totals, team total, and some yeah, of you yeah, guys sure. out there may not be familiar with this, is, and right now, they're actually, the number's not up yet, we're taping on Wednesday, we're projecting 14.5, so if you can get 14.5 or higher. My official pick is under the Browns is going to score. Will score less than fourteen and a half points. Don't be able to get. And that you can number, usually sure. lay. You know, normally one ten on that. And if you're just playing with your local and you can't bet this, you want to check out pregameaction.com and you can get all the best deals from the most trusted sportsbooks out there. I like. I don't want to get. I don't want to. I think Baltimore might score thirty themselves. I don't know. I know I don't want to lay Baltimore because you're. Paying such a premium for how bad the Browns are to go against them, but I know I want to bet against how bad this D offense is for the Browns. Any thoughts on my pick, guys?
0: Brady Quinn, man, it's all what he's going to be able to... Just so
2: he doesn't... Well, that's the beauty. If he throws pick
0: sixes, it doesn't even matter It matter it at all, exactly. Um, you're going to find that number, 14, 14 and a half.
2: Well, no, no. not 14. To me, 14 and a half is the that's key. That's where the value is, Because the yeah. key number... Of Over two scores, scores. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes. absolutely.
1: Any, any other thoughts, Marco? Uh, I'm going to actually disagree with you guys. I don't think you're going to see a 14 and a half. I think it's going to come out... 14 or 13 and a half. I think well, if, gonna... if
2: so, then it doesn't make any sense because when you do the mathematics and the way to figure out what Vegas is projecting the score is you take the team total, you subtract what the line is, then you divide by two and you add the line back into yeah. the favor, and then you can see what the projection is. So, really, they're projecting this game at 15. To go to 14 is a heck of a statement, and to go to 13 and a half would be insane. Yeah. So, I mean, it would, so maybe it will be 14 because the Sharps might be looking at this. But again, if you can get to 14, and again, that's the, unfortunately, we're giving you guys a few days to digest this before the game, but some of the, these books are scaredy cats, let's be honest. you got yeah. pro batters like V.R. Waiting. here beating them up, <laughs> and it's something where they don't want to put those numbers out. So, And again, jump on pregame.com, go in the forums, and we'll be discussing this leading up to the game. Alright, listen, great show this week, guys. Six great segments. We'll be back next week with six more games. And remember, you can watch all of our videos at pregame.tv or if you want to download and listen just go to iTunes and search for pregame.com